The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! You think he's gone? He's not gone! That's the whole point! He's never gone! Is this some radical new therapy? You see? Well, I must have never been paying attention When you were just talking to me Do you think that you could repeat the question? All right, let's see if we've got everything up now. We'll start right after the papa pas. I want to hit Jane to do the papa pas. I don't think I'm going to be doing the papa pas. That's right. I'll dub it for her. Papa papa. I heard her a little bit. She tried. <laughs> All right. I guess we'll start the show. Well, I got to put my sponsors up first. You'd think that would probably probably be a little important, right? Hi, how you guys doing? My name is Tom Duggan here at the Paying Attention Podcast. Hi, top two guys, Smoke Shop at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. Really appreciate um, Dave and everybody here at uh, Studio 21. Also want to thank everybody at the United Podcast Network. We did a couple of shows in the last six weeks that we thought for sure we were going to be gone. I thought, I thought cancel culture had us, especially yeah. when we did that Facebook show. I said, oh, there's no way we survived this. And we did. We did. They stuck with us, which is good because when, you know, some, some well, Let's just say thank you. That's all. And I won't use it as a. I won't use it as a way to uh, to attack anybody else because that's just the kind of guy that I am. <laughs> I want to thank McLennan Real Estate Century Twenty One. Love Matt and Sam and Janet. Uh, I love that we have Matt McLennan come on the show once a month now to talk about real estate because people, you know, in the Merrimack Valley, they see what's going on. Everybody's worried about a bubble bursting, the real estate bubble bursting, and so it's good to have him come on and and kind of give people an inside look at what's going on in the real estate business. So if they're thinking of selling or buying a house, they can, they can get some pretty good tips out of Matt. So we really appreciate that. Also want to thank Ron Marsan from Marsan and Son Construction. It was, it's really nice out today. This is the kind of day that you want to call Ron Marsan and Son Construction. If you're thinking about having your porch fixed or having an addition put on, he's the guy to call. EIS Investigations. We love those guys. Love those guys because when they give their word, they keep their word. And with me, that's pretty big. Uh, we also want to thank Borelli's Deli, which is where I always go after the show to get my meats. I love Borelli's Deli. Um, 
Angelo over there. We love Angelo at oh, uh, at Anna uh, Auto Body over there. If something happens to your car, you bring it to Angelo. No problem. He takes care of you. Yeah. Uh, who else? Well, uh, Teddy Fairburn, attorney Ted Fairburn, uh, who does a workers' compensation. So if you get hurt at work, um, if you get hurt somewhere else, um, and you happen to be working, and you think that uh, you have a claim, you should call Teddy Fairburn. HS Investigations as well. And a shout out to Tomo's, one of our favorite places. In fact, Jane is one of Jane's favorite places. We've been there a number of times together. They always treat us right. And Happy Crab, which is right across the street from Tomo's. So the number of sponsors is growing, which is great. Uh, We need really like two more sponsors if we can get them. And it's pretty cheap. It's like $50 a week. So if like $200 a month, we'll, we'll promote the crap out of your show. Out of your show, out of your, uh, out of your uh, business. So, so uh, I have one one topic that I really want to talk about real briefly because we've done this a few times on the show. Before we get to Jaina, uh, if I can find it because it, it was here and now it's it's not. Oh, here it is. So I have one story that I just want to pass along to you. I got this yesterday from the State Ethics Commission. Uh, we I like to talk about the Ethics Commission a lot in Massachusetts because they are feckless. And they are useless. And ha- even, even having an ethics commission at this point, it seems like there's, there's, there's no need to even have it. Uh, we've talked about a number of people who were elected officials who abused their authority, abused their position, and they got a slap on the wrist. And everything got cl- every, every case got closed, and that was the end of it. Well, we've got another one that looks like it's heading in that direction. The oh. State Ethics Commission, uh, now I never knew where Akina was, Akina, Massachusetts, but apparently it's down on Martha's Vineyard. So a selectman in Aquino, Massachusetts, violated conflict of interest laws. You're going to love this. He's a master electrician, and it is private capacity, viewed himself as the town's coordinator on a project to bury underground all the overhead utility wires in Aquino. In 2018, as a selectman and the Aquino Circle Project Coordinator, Haley allegedly decided he was going to personally install the conduits for two utility companies to bury the wires underground. So here's basically what happened is this guy's a selectman and has the town contract with him to do electrical work. He does the work, and then he overbills the town, and here's the best part. He's on the finance committee and signs his own bill and approves his own bill. Hmm. Yeah, that sounds right. So he made about seven. He overcharged the keener about $17,445 Here's the best part. He hasn't been convicted yet. He's only been charged. They're going to have a big hearing. They're going to waste a ton of money, of our ta- a ton of our taxpayers' dollars. And at the end of the day, the most that they can find him is, ready? $10,000. So if you steal $20,000, you'll get away with 10 of it if you're an elected official. That's what the Massachusetts Ethics Commission wants you to understand when they do stuff like this. And we've, we've talked about the Ethics Commission a number of times on the show you know, it's, it's great to have an ethics commission if they do something, if they can do something that will prohibit elected officials from abusing their authority. But when you tell an elected official, steal 20000 and we'll, we'll only fine you ten, that means they got away with stealing $10,000. And to me, that means crime pays. And if you're the ethics commission, I don't think you should be sending the message that crime pays. Now, is it all their fault? No, part of it is that legislature needs to increase the fines for elected officials who break the law. Unfortunately, the legislature is made up of elected officials. So they're not going to do it because it's going to affect them. So 
the next time the elections come rolling around for state office, whether it's state rep, state senator, governor, and a candidate knocks on your door or you go to a forum where there's a candidate taking questions, ask them. Ask them if they'd be willing to increase double or triple the fines for elected officials who steal from the taxpayers. And if they say yes, make sure you document it. Make sure when they get in, you call them back and say, are you going to file something to double or triple the fines for the Ethics Commission when elected officials steal money? Because this is now at least the fifth story that I've brought in here where an elected official did something horribly, horribly wrong, and the penalty that they got didn't even come close to what they benefited from when they did something horribly, horribly wrong. So I just wanted to pass that along to you. With me today... One of my favorite people in the world, I have to tell you. Right back um, at you. And, and part of it is because when she gives her word, she keeps her word. And that's pretty big with me. When, and, 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 and I'm just going to leave it there. When you give your word, you keep your word. She gives her word. She keeps her word. And I like that. She's one of the smartest people in local politics in any community. She's a lawyer. She's a real estate agent. She is also probably the most beautiful person in elected office in the Merrimack Valley. I know, oh, I know in politics, you're not supposed to talk about women's looks because we're all so hoity-toity. But, you know, the fact is, it, it is what it is, and I don't mind saying it. Um, well, we, thank you. We have covered... Oh, well, you're welcome. <laughs> um, we have covered extensively what's going on in the schools in general. Mm-hmm. We've had you on a couple of times during COVID to talk about what the schools were doing, and I thought having you back would be a great idea because now the schools are going to be open in the fall, hopefully. Hopefully, kids aren't going to be made to wear masks. We're, we're going to ask you about that. Um, but I think my first question is, how are you guys doing? Like Before we get into anything specific, how are the Methuen schools handling where you, because you're in this big transition right now. We've gone from COVID to kind of not COVID to online learning to half online learning. And now I think we're going into a school year in the fall where it's going to be, everything's going to be open. Everything's going to be full, right? I, I hope so. So I'd be lying if I didn't say that it's been tough, right? Society in general through this whole thing seems to have been divided somewhat in half. So no matter which way you're going, you're always going to get beat up by the other side. Yeah, you're always going to piss so, off 50% of always, the people out there. Right? Always, You know, so at the end of the day, what I tried to do is just do what, you know, I feel is the best decision for the district. Um, whether or not it is... No, it always, know, it always no, is. Nobody knows. No, it always is. Your listen, de- your you just, I know you good. disagree with a lot of what I probably did on the board this year. There but are you a few. Have to, but you have to err on the side of caution. And people don't know. I mean, listen, we're all people, Right. On a, on a personal note, I had people originally even reach out to me. Um, you know, we got some nasty emails as a board. We really did. We got some, you know, hate calls and, and nasty emails. And I have super thick skin, um, especially being an attorney, right? Right. You but, have to, right? But, you know, you still take those things to heart because I'm also a mom. You know, I also have school-aged children. So for me, you know, I, and I was very personal with a lot of people, you know, they don't know. My middle son had um, an autoimmune response to strep um, about two years ago that put him in and out of the hospital for a week. So when you look at the statistics with children, although they're very low, preliminarily they were um, saying that a lot of the kids were getting things that mirrored, uh, it was an autoimmune response that mirrored a disease called Kawasaki, if I'm pronouncing it correctly. Yep, very familiar with it. So immediately I got really nervous for my son who's already exhibited, you know, a form of an autoimmune disease with um, strep. So for me, I kept my kids remote. Mm -hmm. Now, I also have to step back and say, well, that doesn't mean that 
absolutely everyone should be remote everywhere, right? right? So it, it's hard to balance those two things because you have the two extremes and then you have the moderate and then, you know, you're kind of teeter-tottering between, you know, what you think is right and trying to please the masses and it's, it's tough. You know, mm-hmm. how are we doing? We're doing the best we can. I don't know if that's an acceptable answer though. But that's all we can do. And this is, this is like new for everybody. Mm-hmm. This is not like, you know, hey, we can look at, you know, this state or that state and say, well, they handled it this way. Look, that was a great, you know, example of what to do or what not to do. Mm-hmm. Um, we're all in this together. And right. I know that sounds so cliche, but it's really been a, a learning experience. And it's, it's kind of funny because <clears throat> certain things that came out of this, I think will help the schools going forward. Um, for instance... I had been pushing along with um, Janet Natale when she used to sit on the board with me for blizzard bags, right? We live in New England. I actually love an occasional snow day, but when you're getting out at the end of June, like that's not fun for anybody, right? right. We get like two months off and there's like, not this year necessarily because it's gorgeous in May, but normally um, it doesn't get warm till, you know, Later. June or whatever. Yeah. So, you know, you want to get the kids out. You want them to have time to, to relax, what have you. So Desi... Um, By the way, can I just stop you? Sure. I don't know why you guys call it DESI because it confuses the public. It's the Department of Education. It is. And if I could get you guys during the meetings to say the Department to of say Education, Department of Education, Ed, okay. Because a lot of the people who are watching here, including me, like I'm, I'm plugged in, right? I'm, yeah. I, this is what I do for a living. And the first time I heard, I think it was uh, Mayor Integrity uh, at one of the meetings say. Desi. And I went, what the hell is Desi? So I texted a friend of mine. What the hell is Desi? Why didn't you text me well, and say, hey, you, for the public? You were at the know? meeting. So I didn't want to bother you. You were, well, you were in the middle of a meeting. I know. So. You could have told me at some meeting, though, and then yeah. I could have remedied that a long time so ago. I, so I said, and he said, oh, it's the Department of Education's new name. And I'm like, well, they should probably tell people that. Because yeah. we're used to hearing. So I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I want people at home to know you meant the Department of Education. No, it's okay. But for instance, the Department of Education... Um, they said no to blizzard bags. They were like emphatic. They they didn't think it counted towards, you know, it wasn't going to happen, right? You couldn't count that towards an actual school learning day. Okay, but now... Right. Ex- you, explain what a blizzard bag is. So a blizzard bag would be, um, and they use them in other, other states. I'm not sure if New Hampshire has them or not, but um, basically you'd get a, a packet of work from a teacher. So if and when there's inclement weather, um, specifically, you know, blizzards, but it could be anything you know, again, we're in New England. So um, that student would have that access to that packet and they would have, um, you know, work to do on that that said day. Similarly to how we went about schooling before we were able to enable Chromebooks and Zoom and that sort of stuff like last March. Um, and those counted as valid learning days with the Department of Education. So I don't see how they can say no to blizzard bags, if not at least access um, some of our Zoom capabilities now if we have snow days in the future. Um, having said that, my kids were greatly disappointed that we didn't have any snow days this year. So I think we should maybe still have like one because I think of the excitement I had as a child. Mm-hmm. Um, we used know. to pray for snow. Oh, you'd listen on the radio. Right. And my parents were both teachers, right? So we'd wait for their cities to come and then they'd be going through the M's. And I'm like, come on, I'm do it. Mm-hmm. Methuen. So, you know, there's a lot of excitement there. I hate to take that away, too. Let me ask you this. Did Methuen follow the science? I knew you were going to say science. During COVID. Well, because I, because we used to have the mayor here yep. before he became a coward and ran away. Okay, no comment. And I used to say to him, because he wouldn't listen to anything. If, if he had already had his mind made up, you could Christ could descend here and he wouldn't listen. But I used to say to him, 
why are you making kids wear masks? We know kids don't spread it. We know kids generally don't get it unless they have like an immune system situation like your son. Um, and the CDC guidelines say kids don't need to wear masks. Kids don't need to social distance. And they were wearing masks, at least for a while. Um, was the school committee following science or were they just doing what they were told? Because it seems to me, when I look at the actual science, those who said they were following science weren't following science at all. Like the school committee, the mayor, the school system, <clears throat> they were doing things that, that weren't sciencey. So I'll start by saying I've never done what I was told. Um, no one's going to tell me to do something. Having said that, I consider myself um, a fairly intellectual person. And the science, albeit for this particular disease, for me, is not iron iron proof, right? It's not everything's so new. So you have to understand, I was talking in the beginning about balance, right? So there's this information coming out from the CDC. And if you remember, I mean, it's so great to look back now over the past you know, year and say, well, now we know this and this. But if you remember the beginning, first it was like, don't wear masks. Then it was like, wear masks. Mm -hmm. Then it was, you know, surfaces. I mean, I was leaving stuff out in the garage and everybody was going crazy for antibacterial wipes. And so... And none of that turned out to be true. So... Yes and no, right? If you listen, if you read what they're saying, you know, now it may not be a contributory factor to spreading the disease or what have you. So for me as an attorney, when you start using words like may, maybe, might, right? That's kind of... Ambiguous. Yeah. Yeah. So so I love that you say science, but for me, it's still very new, right? So for me, again, I go back to what I said in the beginning. I had to look at everything as like a, a, a total package. And for me to get the kids back in and to balance how, um, par- how com- the comfort, you know, the, how comfortable parents were, how comfortable teachers were, we needed masks on those kids. We needed the spacing. We also had the, re- the recommendations from the Department of Education, DESE. So <laughs> we had those recommendations in place too that we had to adhere to. Right. Um, but so- they weren't following the science either. Like it was funny because like when we were in the middle of it, nobody kind of really knew what to believe, but we knew common sense, right? We all still had common sense, or at least some of us did. Some of us lost it during COVID apparently, but, um, but we, all, we all had common sense. And, and I Did think, we though? I think did was- we have common sense? I was pretty scared for a while. So, and I still am to a certain degree. When you read about the Spanish flu and stuff, I mean, you understand, right? They never had a vaccine for that. So it, it didn't have a very high mortality rate, especially with kids. Then it came back after they thought it went away. Second round that's when all the kids were attacked Mm -hmm. and that it's straight, like it just changed just a little bit enough to create a mortality rate that was super scary in children, right? Mm -hmm. That like turned everything crazy. Um, so I, I don't, I don't know. I just don't feel so comfortable with such a, a, a new disease, if mm. that makes sense, a new virus. And I think that makes sense for you because you've got a son who's immune compromised. I'm also, by the way, immune compromised. I've got ankylosing spondylitis. We- but even for my other two kids, Tom, I'm just as nervous. Really? Really? Um, during COVID, you guys did online learning, half online learning. You kind of went back and forth. And I think I asked the mayor one day and he never answered me, so I'm going to ask you. Um, did you guys measure the progress of the students during the online learning? And do we have any numbers that show how many kids failed during online learning? How many kids never showed up for online learning? Because now that we're kind of away from it, I'd like to be able to look back and see, 
what happened? How much damage was done to these kids? How, how much did we mitigate some of those damages mm-hmm. by some of the things the school system did? Because I don't want to be completely negative on the schools. Yeah. Um, I, I recognize that we're all people and we all get f- afraid of things and we all, you know, we all have our own thing. Um, but the one thing schools are supposed to do is measure their progress. And I think when I asked the mayor, his answer was no, they hadn't really at that point measured the progress. I'm wondering now that we're further away if you guys had. So that's an interesting question. I think uh, in, in terms of like an actual test being administered to evaluate exactly where our kids are, no. But remember that the Department of Ed is is um, administering MCAS testing, right? So that's not necessarily going to show us what they lost or you know, what they gained this year, but that will show us at least where they are. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important. And I think more so next year, um, we're going to see truly, you know, a, a more accurate assessment of what happened to the kids because you have to understand, especially with remote. Um, and, and I'm not, I mean, I, listen, when I speak, this isn't even Methuen specific. I'm just speaking generally. Mm-hmm. But if you think parents aren't helping their kids. When my kids are in remote schooling, they are all on their own. I can't tell you how many parents I hear in the background, you know, asking questions, doing this, assisting kids. I mean, it's like craziness, not so much now at the end of the school year, but especially in the beginning, right? right? So now you have maybe these C students. I know we don't use Cs, Abs. I'm all for the Abs and Cs, so forgive me when I use that. We should have a conversation about that sometime. How about dumbing these kids down by not giving them actual grades? Yeah, listen, that's a battle I keep losing. But anyway. um, Keep fighting it, though. Keep fighting (laughs) it because the parents are on your side on that. Trust me. Yeah, not necessarily. Really? Yeah, no. Really? But anyway, um, wow. so if you have if you have a moderate performing student, right, and suddenly they're like top of the class, right? I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. Now they're going to go back to school next year, and guess what? They're going to be a moderate performing right, student again. Right. I mean, you know, what's what's the factor? Sure. So I think people, there, there's some of that. And then there's the kids who might be fantastic learners who are just not as receptive to remote Right. schooling. Right. It's it's hard. Yep. I mean, you think of an adult attention span. Now think about kindergartners who just came in. This is their first schooling experience ever. I, I My daughter is five and she doesn't start until next year. She missed, she missed the cutoff. She's a January baby. Thank God. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I would have felt about her first schooling experience being remote schooling. And, right. and it's just, you know, it's, it's a product of the times. It's nothing Methuen could do or couldn't do or, you know. Yeah. So, I don't know. Where are you guys right now? Um, school's going to start in the fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, I assume kids are done or kids aren't done yet? No, they're not done so yet. So, is, is everybody in school right now? So, everybody except for those who opted for remote schooling till the end of okay. the year. And right now, those numbers are pretty pretty small. And thank God that some of the families, by the way, did opt for remote schooling till the end of the year because we wouldn't be able to accommodate right. in our schools with the requirements set forth had everybody wanted to go back. I mean, then we would have had a complete remote schooling. Are the experience. janitors still running around disinfecting everything? Now that we've already found out now that it doesn't get transferred off surfaces. And we know that from the science. Right? I want to keep well, going back to science. Well, you say that, but would you argue... I mean, remember, you're talking about kids here, right? right? They may not be the most diligent in washing their hands. They may not be... So just just keep this in mind because we are still cleaning and deep cleaning. However, uh, um, you know... If somebody sneezes, let's say, on a desk in another ch- or in a pencil or something, right? And then another child immediately picks it up and touches their mouth. 
Science would suggest that that droplet being still wet mm. could potentially transmit the virus. No? If, not to kids, though. It's like a point oh 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 one percent. I get a, it, but you're playing the odds. Numbers. I, I totally get it, but imagine, God forbid, one child in our area, in a, in a neighboring area, you know, got this virus and something perilous occurred. But that's right? going to happen. It's a pandemic. I, like you can't, you I have to play it. the odds when the odds are 99.9999. And if you talk to another parent, I guarantee they'd feel the way I, I, like, listen, that I feel. I, my kids are grown up. So, um, so I'm, I'm going to defer to your, your expertise. So what are you guys on the school committee doing now to prepare for the incoming school year? So right now, um, the department of ed has already said we are, we are back to school uh, we are back to school five days a week. They have given us no other, it, this is next fall, they've given us no other indication of what it will look like other than that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's hard to prepare other than budgeting for the unforeseen possibilities, right? I'm hoping that, um, you know, some normalcy is restored because I... I feel awful for the kids. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel I feel awful. I was, These kids should have been in school straight through. Kids that have immune issues could stay home. But overall, these kids didn't need to social distance. They didn't need to miss school. They didn't need to wear masks. They shouldn't be wearing masks. In fact, the science shows that kids wearing masks actually does more to hurt them than help them. And and I, I know I understand that it's easy to say this now, right? Because yeah. we're, we're out of it. But I was saying it like the first day. I mean, I remember Neil came in. But like science the first wasn't week. saying it the first day. Nor was the Department of Education. Nor was any. I mean, the the potential for harm had we done that out of the gate, I think, would have been more catastrophic than just saying, "Hey, listen, we erred on the side of caution. We were a little too cautious, but guess what? We protected everybody." Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the way I looked at it. Right? It was better to be more cautious and, and not, because it could have gone the other way, in my mind. It didn't, right. thank God, mm-hmm. but it could have. So um, for me, again, it was better to err on the more cautious side than to throw caution to the wind and potentially have something horrible happen. We've seen since COVID hit net nationwide, and especially in the Merrimack Valley, the numbers are huge, on the number of kids under the age of 18, under the age of 17, um, Battling with severe depression, battling with psychological illnesses. Um, it, are the schools doing anything coming into the next year to try and deal with some of the psychological issues that kids have had to suffer because of COVID, because of the lockdowns, because of not having school, not socializing with other kids? So I'm actually really glad you brought that up. Um, right now, we uh, our last meeting, we've had all our budget meetings, right? We're approving it Monday night, hopefully. Um, and one of the biggest pieces in the budget, which I was happy to see, and we've spoke a lot about it, are you know the extra guidance counselors and, and having adequate number of counselors in the schools and adequate funding to have those counselors in the schools, because I think you're absolutely correct. I think that's going to be the biggest battle that we're going to face, right? Mm-hmm. And then again, as adults, we see what this pandemic has done to us emotionally and, right. and mentally. And when you think of a child, you know, you think of high school you think of elementary, you think of these little five and six-year-olds. When you're that young, imagine the amount of experiences you have aren't as great as we have. So it's and coping, that much more- your coping mechanisms aren't as good either. No, it's, it's that much more just, just um, you know, uh, detrimental to them to have this sort of support that they need. So yes, that in the consensus of the entire board was, I mean, everyone 
was so happy to see because originally we had the budget layout that we could afford so many in year one, like a three-year plan, right? So many in year two, so many in year three. And in fact, we were able to get them all in year one. So that was a big thing that was put into the budget that we were all very happy to see. Money-wise, since you brought up the budget, how is Methuen finan- how are the Methuen schools financially now that we're like a year out of COVID? Yeah. So I'll tell you, um, I think I think Methuen's done a great job um, in budgeting for something that, again, we just didn't know which way it was going to go, right? Um, we do have, you know, the ESSER grants coming in. I don't think we, we haven't got ESSER 3. We don't know what that's going to look like yet. Um, but, you know, we're, we're trying to plan accordingly. Um, I made a statement at the last meeting and I, and I truly meant it from my heart because this is the first budget process I've had since I've been on the board um, that it was like stress-free, right? The mayor and the superintendent had worked very, very well together. They came up with a number. Everyone was on the same page. Short of, um, you know, a few questions, it was like, okay, here here we go. We mm-hmm. got, we finally were able to get the things that, you know, schools had been requesting or principals have requesting and, and that sort of thing. So- he is, I will say this. He is a genius when it comes to finances. Absolutely. And he, and he knows his numbers, but that's so yeah. important, Tom. Yeah. yeah. You know? So it's it's great to have a mayor sitting um on the board that can say, well, and he looks at it from a real a realistic point of view, right? Like I can only imagine as a mayor you're trying to, you know, watch everything. And you have you know, I know we say schools and city, but come on, it's all the city. Right. It's all you the know? city. It, it is what it is. And he'll actually go so far sometimes to say, well, you know what? We don't have the money. Well, I shouldn't say we don't have the money, but you know, we weren't budgeting for that, but you know what? You need this. So let's see where we can get it and let's right. work with this, which I really respect. Right. Um, a, a few years ago when the other Jaina and you sat on Jaina Dinatelli. Jaina, but okay. <laughs> it's Jaina. Um, when you and Jaina Dinatelli were on the school committee about maybe four years ago, um, sh- there was a, an issue about kids from Lawrence coming to the Methuen schools. Mm-hmm. Now, during COVID, obviously, you weren't able to do much about that. Not true, though. Really? Oh, please, yeah. please enlighten us. So I'm actually the chair of the residency subcommittee. Jana and I had established it. Um, Who else is on that committee? So right now, so Jana and I had started it, then it kind of you know, went by the wayside for the new election. And then Ryan DeZoglio had brought it up again. Um, so he, he has pleasantly surprised me on that committee, I have to say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. He, he, listen, he works really hard. He does. So um, I appreciate that. And, and we have a great working relationship as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's on it, myself, Luann Santos, who you have to, I can't say enough about. The, literally the nicest person in the world. Like literally the nicest person you'll ever meet. But a great advocate for the students yep. as well. Yep. You know, I mean, everyone says nice, positive, but you know what? She's, she's fantastic I actually, I actually want to have her on the show, but I'm afraid to because everything's going to be like rainbows and unicorns because she's so nice. And it's kind of like not what I do. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm, I, try, I think I try that would be a breath a of fresh air though. Right, Come right, on, okay. you know? How about I'll have the both of you on? At some point. Done. You should have told me today. Okay. I, I talked you know to her what? this morning. I, I, had I thought of it, I would have. Um, yeah, she's fantastic. So she's on the Red Sea, and then we work with um, Ed Lucier and some of his um, staff. So the best thing that happened was when I first got elected, this was like my biggest thing, right? Because um, just living in Methuen, I had, I could tell you story after story about People just saying, oh, yeah, no problem. My brother lives in Methuen. We'll just go there. And when I asked about residency, 
from the previous administration, the previous superintendent, it was, well, I don't know how you're going to find that information because we have boxes and boxes. So now, luckily, we have been able to um, put everything online, right? So that in itself, when you think of some of the duplicative addresses, um, that in itself, just putting students and the further into it we get, um, with all new registrations and every year we do, if we do a re-residency, like a, a you know, recertification of residency, mm-hmm. um, it's being put online. Right. So right away you see, you see those things. We have people in the office, you know, with, um, they were able with, with, uh, Mayor Perry to organize with his office, um, to flag with Patriot Properties, which is our system. So when something is sold, they can like cross-reference who, you know, who owns the building, who, so it, it's, it's actually much more, um, uh, uh, effective, effective thank you, than it, it was obviously previously. So you guys so. are making progress in that. Are you finding that there are kids that you now have to kick out and say, you, you don't belong here? I, I get, and before you answer, I get that there are kids who mom lives in Methuen, dad lives in New Hampshire. That's going to happen. And dad's dropping them off with a New Hampshire plate and people get all worked up and think, oh my God, they shouldn't be here. And I, and I get that that happens. But there, are, I also know of, at least in, off the top of my head, four people who live in Lawrence who send their kids to Methuen who don't have a dad that lives in Methuen, who don't have a mom that lives in Methuen, but they live close on the line. They use someone else's address and they're sending the kids to Methuen. And I don't blame the parents. If I had a choice between sending my kids to the Lawrence school system or the Methuen school system, but it's not I, would a choice, move, right? I would move heaven and earth to get my kid into the Methuen school system. But it's, it's not a choice. And unfortunately, it's, it's really burdensome on taxpayers, right? So that's, that's what's really important to remember. Um, you know, I've been, I've been uh, presented with a couple situations where I found people and, you know, that student might be one of the best kids in the world. Right. You know, you talk about ethics. I have to divulge that that person does not live in Methuen if I know it. For me, I have to, right? Um, and I think because you're think an attorney every, or because you're on the school committee? Because I'm me, Tom. Oh, okay, I mean, right. listen, we're taxpayers, right. right? So I live in, I mean, I live in Methuen. My business is here. I mean, my, I, my whole life, I, I, you can't do that. And, and I, I get, you know, people might have the sense of, of, um, you know, feeling bad, but, you can't, and it's right. not one student. And there are going to be people who's, who get through. There just are. Right. You know, no system, no check is 120%. But at least you guys are making the effort to try and purge the roles of kids who don't belong in Methuen. And we're finding them. Yeah. You know, if you get there, if people watch the meetings, almost every month, we probably had, you know, a dozen or so. Right. Those are people removed from the district. And those were people who the previous superintendent was protecting. Because the previous superintendent didn't want anybody to leave because every kid, even if they came from Lawrence, boosted her numbers for grants and everything else, right? It goes by per, per pupil. Yeah, I The money s- you get from the state. And I remember you and I remember Jaina and I also remember somebody else, I just can't remember who it was at the time, bringing it up and saying, yeah, but we're paying for it. Our tax money is going for people in other communities. And of course, some people, the Tribune had to make it about race, right? Other people had to make it about race. Right. But I listen, I don't want anybody from North Andover going to the Lawrence schools. I don't want anybody from Lawrence going to the North Andover schools. That's- Unless it's like school choice. Right, right. right. Then, yeah. then you can do And by that. the way, I'm a big fan of school choice. If you have the means, mm-hmm. Methuen does not have those means right now. We have to get, for our residents, we have to get everything, you know, mm-hmm. in check. You know, for- I just want people to do it right. If, if there's a way to do it and you live in Lawrence and, you, and they've got school choice, fine. I'm all for that. But if they don't, you gotta you gotta go to school in Lawrence. I'm sorry. Oh, you know what? I have an idea. Move out of Lawrence. Yep. Right. Yep. 
Um, I've got about five minutes left, believe it or not. I can't believe we burned a whole show now. What do you want the parents out there to know going into the next school year that, that they can expect and what you guys are going to be working on? <laughs> I have no idea. And I, I say that completely I love that answer. honest. I love that answer. When was the last time we heard a politician say, I don't know? Right? Usually yeah. they just make up an answer, Listen, right? I love I'm a that answer. Parent first, right? right? And I would love to sit here and say, well, you know, <laughs> prepare for this and that. We really don't know. What we're hoping for is that we're going to be back, like I said, full days, five days a week, every student. No masks. I'm assuming, but again, I just don't know. Right. You know, we, would, we've would seen you, the would new you mandates okay, come Would you down. support no masks? If that came before you guys and they said, okay, we're going to take a vote. If the no numbers masks. were, yeah, why not? Okay. If the numbers if the numbers were showing that no masks were required and that the incidents were super low, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, but you're still seeing it, right? Like my kid plays baseball. There have been instances, you know, really? but we haven't seen transmission amongst the teams, right. which is a good thing, right. right? Because that's more important. That's what we were following this whole year. For every incident we had in school, it wasn't how many how many cases we had in school. It was from that one case, how many other students caught it in the classroom as well. And those numbers were super low, which was what allowed us to complete, you know, com- uh, keep pushing forward and keep... I think there's no doubt that the new mayor is doing a great job with the schools. I think there is still a doubt, though, about the superintendent. She, she, she came up under Judy. It was kind of controversial. She's come in. She's done a couple of things. That, she's done some great things, but she's done a couple of things that don't seem so great. What is your experience with her? I think we have to um, grade her on herself, right? I don't think it's fair to put her under um, the previous superintendent, um, who, by the way, a lot of people in Methuen still love Right, like she's a listen. She's a wonderful person, and I always say that. I right. always say that. You know, you have to you have to distinguish the person from whatever they did. And my, however, though, she talked about transparency in every sentence. Like you could ask her what time it was, and she'd say in all transparency. Like she used transparent, and she was the least transparent superintendent we've had in the Merrimack Valley in twenty five years. I think years. people don't really know what transparency means. Right. I hear that word thrown around all the time, and then those same people are like the most the least transparent people, people in so, the world. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I think people kind of need a tutelage on, on what that word <laughs> word means. definitions. But um, I will say this, and I, I truly say this from my heart: Brandy Kwong has worked her tail off through this pandemic. There has not been one question I've asked her that has gone unanswered. Mm-hmm. Um, she literally has been working tireless, tire, tirelessly. I don't agree with 100% of things she does all the time, right? But I don't have to. Right. I, mean, I know, you don't agree with any, I don't agree with my no, mom all the time. No, but I also know that, like I said in the beginning, I know that she's truly believes that what she's doing is she doing is things for, differently i guess the reason why i brought up judy scandal is because she was trained under judy yeah is she doing things differently than what judy was doing does she have a different philosophy on education or is it this, is it kind of the same philosophy so i would say yes i mean short answer i would say yes, yes she is different? doing she is doing things differently okay. right. i would i would say that um keeping in mind that she's only been in this position for what uh, about two years mm-hmm. You know, and we like, can- I want to give her a chance. I don't know her, right? I knew Judy, so it was easier, but I, I want to give her a chance. I want to give her the benefit of the doubt. I think everybody deserves the benefit of the doubt. Of course. Um, but it, 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 I hear it from people in Methuen, and I think it often, gee, she came up under Judy. You know, yeah. it's the same thing like the, the people in the city council saying, 
We don't want Captain So-and-so to be the next chief because he came in under Solomon. But I had that concern as well, right? right? And I think the whole committee at the time did because remember, we looked for outside mm-hmm. um, other superintendent uh, candidates. And in, uh, eventually, you know, we had uh, Dr. McGee who served under her as assistant. He has since left. Um, and now we have Ron Noble, but I know that clock's I know, I know we've got a minute left. And the, the, the last question I want to ask yeah. you... Um, the uh, it had to do with Ryan Desaglio. He he brought something up and I came. Oh, um, when when you had a guy at the high school that was politicking with Black Lives Matter, using mm-hmm. emails and sending out to students without the parents, mm-hmm. Ryan was seemed like the only one brave enough at that table to say, "Yeah, this is kind of wrong. We should change the policy so they can't do that." Has anything come from that? Yeah, well, I don't think he was the only one. That was a complete group effort, and yes, we did put policy in place. I don't think anybody at the time was like, "Oh, well, this is like." No big deal. Well, the mayor seemed to be perfectly okay with it. He was on the show. I'll pull the clip. He was on the show. He perfectly fine with it. Black Lives Matter. Let them do it. Let them send them to the kids. He, he seemed to be fine with it. Um, I'm not fine with it. Well, in any school system. It has I don't nothing care to do with is. the Black Lives Matter. For me, it had to do with what you do for one, you have to do for all, right? So if it's, a, if it's something that people don't agree with, you still have to allow it if you're going to allow it. I think what I objected to was no adult, much less an educator, should be emailing children without forwarding it to the parents so the parents know what it is that they're yep, communicating agreed. to them. And that's what they have to do now. Right. Good. Oh, well, so. excellent. Anything you want to leave us with? We're, wow. 15 seconds. We're going we're gonna to go right to the post. 15 seconds. I don't even know if I could get something out in 15 well, seconds. Well, we can go a little over you. if you've got something. Yeah, we can I, go a little. I love having you here. Um, At least somebody does. I, I love having you here. I miss our Friday night, uh, our Friday night jaunts. Hopefully that's going to start up again soon. Um, we're actually going to be going to Tomo on Saturday if you'd like to join no. us. Um, but, but, I, but I do miss it. And I, and I also really appreciate that you and I don't agree on a lot of stuff. But we can still be friends. Of course. Right? We can still agree to disagree. And if there's an issue between us, we talk to each other. Right? And I, and I appreciate that because that shows maturity and it shows bravery, especially in this political environment. Um, anything you want to leave us with? Anything I want to leave you with, Tom. Like if there's one thing you want the parents to know right now that they may not know, what would it be? I want them to know that they can contact me. Okay. And um, how can they and do I, that? I think that's important because we did, well, we have our, our email, my phone numbers um, listed everywhere. Right. <laughs> the email's online, obviously. Or, or contact, you know, anybody you feel comfortable contacting. But I do want people to know that I am accessible. I'll add the phone number when we go offline. Yeah. I'll add it to the, to, the, to the feed. You know, because at the end of the day, like I said, I do what I think is best as a parent, but it, it's not just me, yeah. right? I'm an elected official, so I'm elected to represent you know, the, the, the thoughts of everybody. So I find myself wanting to agree with you most of the time. Yeah. Cause, I, my love, husband cause I love you to death. Um, <laughs> but sometimes I don't and I wince and I go, ah, does she really know what she's doing there? But I think that's, that's, I would worry if you agreed with me a hundred percent of the time. I would worry if Neil, I would worry if else, I agreed with you a hundred percent I don't agree with my time. mom a hundred percent of the time. So it's great when people don't agree when they, when they can at least talk it out as, grown-ups and adults, right? Yeah, unfortunately, we don't have a lot of that, or at least a history of that in our city, yeah. right? You can disagree and not be disagreeable. Right. And I, again, maybe because of my profession, you know, I, if, I, if I, you know, had to cut off everybody I disagreed with, I wouldn't have a profession. So, um, you know, I think people need a little bit 
thicker skin and I can, I can take it. What I don't like is a general blanket email, you know, alluding to things that I might've said at a meeting or whatever, you know, just call me. And I've had a couple parents do that. And, um, you know, it's good because like I said, I can have a personal chat with them and say, listen, I get your side, but Mm -hmm. here's mine. Right. You know, and and how can we kind of meet in the middle? And I think one of the things that you should be teaching kids is to listen better. I, I, grownups today, the, you're talking to them and they're thinking of the next thing to say. They're not even listening to you. And then later on, they'll say, well, you said this. Well, were you listening to me when I said that? You weren't, you weren't listening. It seems as though communication is sorely lacking, especially among young people. Everywhere. My God. Everywhere. I had an intern that I said something to one day. She half heard what I said and flipped out thinking I said something different. I'm like, so you weren't even listening to what I said. And I feel so bad for some of these kids because their, their, their retention and their, their, their ability to pay attention, you know, for the show, right, um, is sorely lacking, and they're not getting it in school. Yeah, and that, that's interesting because when you talk about remote learning, that sense of focus was definitely taxed, yeah. right? Yeah. So um, yeah, no one's going to like this answer, but it starts at home. I, I agree. mean, that's, that's just how I feel. I also think, though, that the schools have to stop pretending to be parents. Like, stop pretending to be their parents, I don't think we can do that at all anymore. When I think of my teachers growing up, I mean, they hugged me and told me they loved me and, you know, could say they were disappointed at you. And if you didn't hand in your homework, it was, you know, well, you know, go to the the principal's office. I mean, now it's really, and it's not, again, Methuen. It's everywhere, Mm -hmm. right? Those teachers have lost that ability. But the most control of the schools of anybody has is at the local level. So I always look at the local level, having sat on a school committee, I always look at the local level school board members to try and push back on some of the, some of the things that they're asked or told to do by higher ups in education, whether it's the Department of Ed at the state level, federal level. Whatever. But when you were on the school committee, I guarantee the country wasn't the way it is right That's now. That's true. Very true. It's, it's very, very right true. Now. I gotcha. All right. You can uh, roll that up. I want to thank Jaina Zani Pashi. It's Jaina. Thank you. We love Jaina. I'd love to have you back. I'd love to have you back with Lou and Santos, too. I think that would probably be a fun conversation. I think she'll love that. Yeah, I, you know, I love her so much. I'd love to have her on. Um, I just didn't want it to be all like happy and rainbows and unicorns. And Why stuff, not? That's great. Because everybody will tune out. People tune into this show to like for controversy, right? No. All right. I'll wanna... come on with her. That's enough okay. controversy. All right. Uh, I want to thank McLennan Real Estate Century Twenty One, Tomos on Salem uh, on Broadway in Salem, New Hampshire. Happy Crab on Twenty Eight in Salem, New Hampshire. Attorney Ted Fairburn, who works on workers' compensation. Angelo over there at AM Auto Body will take care of your car if you've got any kind of a problem with your car. Borelli's Deli EIS Investigation. Marsan and Sun Construction. AFC Urgent Care. And who did we miss? HS Investigations. Sounds like Melvin Taylor says we got to go home. But before you go home, thank you to Chrissy, my fine producer, Studio 21, and the United Podcast Network. Melvin Taylor says go home, so you got to go home already. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.